Food traceability is a hot topic in the food industry today. Our guest has over 14 years of plant floor experience with food traceability. You're not going to want to miss this. The company that I worked for was spot on with traceability, very on top of it. There was a solid system in place in tracing the product. We knew what lot it was. We knew where it was shipped to in distribution. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm Joe. And you're listening to the Farm to Fork podcast brought to you by Carlisle Technology. So today's topic is food traceability, and we have a great guest here for you. It's my pleasure to introduce Kelly Wood from Honeywell. Kelly, do you want to give us a little bit more background about yourself and the company that you work for and maybe some of your past? Sure, absolutely. As you said, my name is Kelly Wood. I am the Global Customer Marketing Manager focused on supply chain for Honeywell. Prior to me joining the Honeywell, my whole career has been in the food industry. I started out working in food operations. Then I had 10 years working for two major food manufacturers. I was focused on the food service side, but both of them did have retail components for grocery. And then my last stop, I spent a couple years working actually in food distribution. I had the a perfect opportunity to go from beginning to end and close that whole supply chain loop. Really excited, passionate about this topic in particular. That's cool. So I like that, that you had kind of the whole thing with, you know, operations, then getting into the food manufacturing and also four years in distribution. I think that that's, that's really key. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Honeywell and, and a little bit more about your current role? I know you kind of introduced it a little bit, but do you want to just say, you know, what all that kind of includes and why you went over to Honeywell? Sure. So I work for the Honeywell division. It focuses on productivity services and solutions and responsible for our supply chain customers, in particular distribution. So here's where the appeal to me for the job came from. After spending time actually working in the different components of supply chain, you see these opportunities where there's room for improvement, especially with the use of technology and how quickly new things are coming up every single day. And that's one of the things that Honeywell is focusing on how to really empower the worker, the people that's doing the job day in and day out to make them most efficient, productive, and of course, safe. And with doing that, that leads to those bigger business outcomes that the distribution centers and warehouses are looking for. So by really empowering their people, they're producing bigger outcomes. Oh, I think that's really cool. Yeah, that was great. Thanks so much for the introductions. Andy, Kelly, I think we should just jump right into it. So let's talk a bit about food traceability and why it's important. It's been important before, and it continues just to be a really important thing. You know, when you think about true food traceability, really, it's just following that journey of a food product and all the ingredients that make it through the entire steps of the supply chain. I think the most commonly known reason why people find this practice to be important is whenever something goes wrong along through the process, you are able to really hone in on the specific batch that was produced and be able to recall that product safely. That's what I think people are most commonly think about food traceability. But there's also some really new issues that have surfaced or are being talked about a little bit more when you talk about it and its importance. One, being able to have the proper tracking and knowing your inventory and when the product was in and what's out, that really helps manufacturers be able to use the right products first and really optimize their inventory and eliminate waste. 
One of the things that I think is really interesting with traceability as well is, you know, we get a lot of customers that come to us and say, you know, hey, I need food traceability for, you know, whatever the reason is. Maybe it's a supplier demand. Maybe it's, you know, they're worried about a recall or they've had some sort of a mock recall or a real recall that didn't go very well. And they're really chomping at the bit for some sort of a traceability solution. And it's interesting to kind of walk them through that journey and just kind of explain to them and show them that really traceability is this byproduct of collecting data throughout your manufacturing process, all the way from that receiving dock as products are coming in, those raw ingredients, raw materials, that sort of a thing coming into your loading dock, all the processes in your manufacturing cycle, issuing products out into WIP so that they can be cut up, capturing data throughout the process, whether that's connecting to data collection devices like probes, cook temperatures, things like that, collecting all that data, and then labeling everything and tracking it down to some sort of a unique identifier so that you can see it and associate the data to those products throughout the whole cycle. And then at the end of the day, you're doing all of your sales orders and that sort of a thing. You know, you're picking specific products and sending them to a customer and you're tracking that. There's this whole large process going on. And really traceability is that kind of byproduct of what comes out of the data collection throughout the entire process, right? And so kind of to your point earlier, there are so many other things that can be beneficial from, you know, having a traceability system because you can use as kind of a critical and actionable data across the whole cycle. Yeah. And to that point, you just look at manufacturing. I'll just look at it from that standpoint. You have control of what's coming in and then what's going out. And so it's really crucial for you to know and being checked in that you are comfortable with the quality of whatever it is that you're receiving. You are accepting on that and you're asking them for that same traceability information coming in, right? And having that confidence in there. Same with it going out the other side and it's in distribution. And the reason I say that, and this, this is a lesson learned from my experience, is that at some point, this completely comes out of your control. So whether it ends up on a grocery shelf, whether it ends up in a hospital food service or in a restaurant, at some point, there is this opportunity for human error. And that's where that concern for recall, you lose control of that. You cannot control how someone is managing and holding the product that they purchased from you. I've seen companies try to blame that manufacturer and that brand on the product. But because they had that record and they demonstrated everything was right, they came out on the good side. Protection, if nothing else, is truly something. It's a big deal. It really does protect them in the long run. It's cool because you're part of that bigger supply chain for the food industry. You might just be, you know, to your point, one link in that chain. There might be some sort of an abattoir kill facility farther upstream from you that did the initial processing. Your food manufacturing cycle might be a stage of that where you're doing some further processing or some value add. And then you might be shipping it off to a distributor and the distributor has the responsibility to kind of take the ball and run with it from that point. You're that one link in the chain or that one step of a much larger process. Yeah, I'm going to put my marketing hat on for a minute. And this is part of the story. This is what businesses are looking for. If you're able to say that we do this and this is our process of food safety and where we source our product, that just really helps build your brand and makes you desirable. That's a really positive attribute to have when you're positioning yourselves and you're trying to get your product purchased and distributed through different companies. How have you seen traceability evolve over the years? You've spent quite a bit of time in the industry. Looking back 10 or 15 years ago, the landscape for traceability has changed quite a bit. Number one, I've seen definitely more of a heightened importance and there have been more touch points introduced through the process. So you mentioned a little bit earlier, just looking at distribution, all the different places where it has an opportunity, we'll call it a fail point, from receiving to put away to temperature checks to all of those sorts of things. 
it wasn't as focused on, but not as much. And then the other thing is the technology that's available now to do it. I'm not going to age myself here, but before you would go in and you look at the temperature check on what the thermometer read, then let's hope that it's right. What's an, an error on it or something along those lines. When you had products come in and you received product, they were missing a label or a box was torn or something like that. You weren't able to do that valid check of information. I think that the biggest thing is the focus on it. Number two, the technology that has been developed developed to help people do it easier. Yeah, I would agree completely. And I think to both of your points, so from the focus on it, I know locally up here in Ontario, there's a lot of government grant money and things like that going out into the industry to try to help, especially smaller processors, augment their traceability processes. So and kind of modernize them from the pen and paper up into the more digital and automated solution. Even government agencies are seeing the need to invest in traceability for small to medium sized processors. And also like with the technology side of the piece that you're saying, we've seen a huge push in people wanting to go from that pen and paper that's so susceptible to human error to more of an automated system that eliminates that human error. Because, you know, if we're all honest, everybody can make mistakes, right? So if you're recording a weight as you're measuring out spices or something like that for a batch, anybody can put a product on a scale, see the weight, flip the numbers backwards as they're recording them or do something like that. Whereas when you start getting into more of the technology solutions, you're removing that need for someone to manually transcribe numbers and batch numbers and lots and things like that. And it's all being digitally passed from one stage of the process to the next. And you're really enhancing that traceability process. And you're getting, you referenced it early on in the conversation about the data and how important it is with collecting it with technology. And you're able to do so much more with it quickly. You're able to look at your inventory. You're able to look at some ways for operation efficiency. That's a big benefit of using technology versus traditional paper and pencil methodology. And I've seen some mistakes that processors have looked at over the years, especially ones going from that pen and paper to the next step is they look at it from a very siloed perspective. What I mean by that is there's some sort of a requirement. Let's say maybe they got burned on a mock recall or a real recall or their current traceability system is a requirement to get into some sort of a larger food distributor or there's something like that that's pushing them into focus on traceability. But then they look at it from such a small perspective of I just need to accomplish traceability and they forget the fact that there are so many other things that come along with a traceability system because it is a byproduct of a larger system and all that data is available to them, that it really is an investment in growing your business, becoming more competitive in the marketplace and advancing your brand. And so if I look at it from a mistake that a processor might make is that they might have a vision that's too small for traceability and they should really look at seeing what all of the benefits are that come with a system that does this sort of a thing. Well, if you take it another direction and you look at transparency expectations from customers. So with the growing demand of customers wanting to know how their food's processed, where their food's coming, what ingredients are being used, are the ingredients of a good quality, they're looking at local, and if they were ethically sourced, those are a lot of new customer expectations that are driving business decisions. Having a solid traceability program in place is going to be important, especially when you talk about and introduce that local producers that might not be set up like major manufacturers or major producers at large batches and trying to get their products in. How do you do it safely? They can invest in these huge systems. Their products are highly desired and competitive right now. Yeah, Kelly, I totally agree. That's a great point. And then it really touches upon that demand for traceability. Andy, if you want to talk a little bit more to that fact. 
When I think of demand for traceability, I think of three main contributors. You've got the government regulations where the government comes down and they say that as a food processor, you have to have a certain level of traceability. And then Kelly, to your point, there's consumer demands, which we'll get into and kind of dive into what that looks like too. And then there's also supplier requirements, which I kind of touched on a little bit. Basically, that's those larger food distributors that have some level of requirement. If you want to sell into a Walmart or a Kroger or something like that, that you have to meet some sort of a minimum requirement on traceability. So let's talk about that. Let's start with government regulation. What are some of the basic requirements, both in the U.S. and Canada, for traceability? Kelly, what have you seen? They're tightening down on expectations of what is expected. I was reading an article on FDA expectations, and they were highlighting that they're really moving towards tech-enabled end-to-end traceability for all foods. Just again, because of the focus on food quality, food safety, they're really looking at if something should go wrong, being able to contain the situation, be able to recall, they're really moving towards that focus right now. We just did a blog on some of the FDA's new requirements and kind of the FDA is putting out a blueprint for kind of the next generation of traceability. And one of the things that I found that was so interesting about that was they're starting to pass new regulations and those will probably come down the pipe soon. But one of the things that was so interesting with that was even if the food that you're processing or that you're making doesn't fall into one of the categories, they still expect food processors to kind of look at best practices for traceability and say, even if you're not on the required list right now for doing this sort of best practice, we would hope that you would still kind of choose to do this best practice because A, it will be coming down the line to you soon. And B, everybody's goal should be food safety in general. We would hope that out there, you're trying to put out the best product possible. You're trying to have the best records possible. You're trying to reduce that recall window as small as possible for any of your products. I think that that's that expectation of there's the requirements, but then we also hope that you would do the most for that recall as well, too. I'm going to build off of that. I'll tell you what, that's a best practice. The manufacturers, anybody, distributors, anybody in the supply chain, whoever it impacts, anytime you hear that something's even remotely starting to be coming, it's in the blueprint or it's near term, and maybe you aren't on the list, the best practice is to get ahead of it. Reason being is because there's so many things coming and I have seen my prior employers just struggling to keep up to accommodate any of the government regulations that were coming at them. Even if they were two to three years out, it's not necessarily always easy just to do a simple implementation. These things sometimes take time. That's the best practice I have seen used to get on board early. Totally. I mean, change management is a huge thing. We're actually going to do a podcast on that in a couple of weeks. But I think that the sooner you can kind of adopt and grow these practices and get your employee base and your plant floor ready for that, the better you're going to be when those regulations actually come. And it's not going to be that scramble. I think anybody who's been involved in the food industry knows that it can be a very reactionary industry and putting out fires all the time and scrambling, but kind of looking forward at what's coming down the pipe so that you don't have to scramble or put out fires. Have you ever been involved in a food recall or anything? Maybe you haven't. I don't know. Or maybe even just a mock recall if you haven't been involved in a real one. No, I have. Produce. What was your experience without giving away all the details, but what was some of your experience or your thoughts on going through that recall? Well, in my case, the company that I worked for was spot on with traceability, very on top of it. There was a solid system in place that because of the work that was done and knowing and tracing the product, we knew what lot it was. We knew where it was shipped to in distribution. We were able to look at what customers received it, had a communication plan in place. We were able to quickly turn around, reach out to the customers, ask them to dispose of the product, give them the proper credit for the product. 
they were not out and then discuss with them alternatives to get product back to them of things that we were confident in. So that was one way. Another way is just the communication. When you learn that there's a product and how do you handle that communication? When you prove that you are somebody that is focused on it, you have this credibility that we understand you need these products. However, you can manage expectations of one product will be back in and they will respect that. They know that although it might be inconvenient, you're looking out for their best interest. And I think that credibility piece that you're talking about as well, too, is so key because any food manufacturer, no matter how good you are and how strict your processes on the plant floor are, a recall could happen to anybody at any time. But I think it's the fact that when you say that, hey, we're experiencing a recall, but we've also invested in the ability to recall this thing fast and we're responsible with that, that does show your customers and people know your brand that you're responsible in that sense. And so that kind of almost enhances your brand, even though you're going through that recall, just having that ability to get that product back and to show that you're focused on that food safety. Yeah. And I think that would be the kind of that key takeaway from this is that there is one thing to definitely have the records of where the product is and where it came from, that one step back, one step forward. But additionally, have a plan in place, a communication plan that you should something arise, you are ready to address immediately and you have all the steps in place. That's really good for preventing damage to the brand. And I've heard multiple processors come along that maybe they've had for the lifespan of their company, just the pen and paper traceability. And the idea of a recall or a mock recall almost makes them want to pull their hair out just because of all the records that they need to go through. And it's almost a bit of a nightmare trying to do those recalls. Whereas when you've invested in some sort of a traceability system, then you have the ability really at your fingertips to recall or to, to get that product and know which product needs to be brought back within minutes instead of within days or even a nightmare situation weeks. So we touched a bit upon consumer demands and the importance of that. What really comes to why consumers are demanding to know where their food and products are coming from? Can you speak a bit more to that point? One reason is there's a perception of healthy, good practices. So people want to feel good about the foods they're eating. When they know that all the best practices have been put in place, that the products are coming from a good source. So the ingredients are coming from a good source. I can go on a website and if it's important to me, I'm going to go and look at where are you sourcing these products from? Feeling good about the product is number one. And then feeling good about the company you're buying for, that has really shifted. People, they're brand specific, brand loyal. And I think that's why we're seeing this emergence of all these smaller producers of products because that's what the customers are demanding right now. Yeah, everybody likes the kind of locally sourced, locally grown sort of food. And it, it kind of breaks away from the, the big chain manufacturers, which aren't bad in themselves either. But when you look at the consumers, a lot of them, you're a small processor and you want to compete with some of the largest food manufacturers in the world, then really one of the best ways you can do that is through that locally sourced, locally grown crowd that's really looking to kind of support sustainability and things like that. And through traceability, you have that ability to kind of show you know where products have come from all the way down, you know, the podcast is named Farm Fork. You have the ability to really show that where the product came from, what all was done with it. And then you can also, with traceability systems and things like that, you have the ability to kind of represent back to the customer what they're consuming with that nutritional facts information and all that sort of stuff that's on there. I always talk about how when a manufacturer puts a label on a food, that's really their main way of communicating with the consumer what they're buying. 
the manufacturer is not out there shaking hands with everybody who's buying their product. Really, their main way of communicating is through what's labeled on that product. And so I think that that becomes so key. And I think that brings us into supplier requirement. If you want to sell to those larger companies, then you do have to have a level of traceability because that covers their risk as well as it kind of streamlines their ability to carry your product. You can't be shipping handwritten labels with no barcodes up to some of the largest food distributors out there because they want to have the ability to bring that into their facilities as quickly as possible, stock it into their inventory and ship it out again quickly. By being able to label your product properly, barcode it, get those labels exactly where they need to be on the box and then ship them out and have that level of traceability that demonstrates that if there is a recall, you're not posing a risk to that large distributor, then you have a greater chance of getting into those companies. Part of one of the things in getting into one of the larger distributors is you have to carry a certain level of insurance. Before you even get into there, you're going to have to have good practices just to be able to secure the insurance that you're going to need to go to these suppliers to ask them to slot the product. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think even along with the insurance stuff, it's just the ability to properly label things. I mean, I can't tell you the majority of recalls happen from mislabeled products. Having those products labeled, removing errors so that you're not getting fined from those larger distributors, and then also meeting the requirements of traceability and insurance and things like that really opens up your marketplace on who you can sell to and who you can provide your products to. So let's talk a little bit about how Honeywell and Carlisle augment the food traceability process. Let's start on the receiving dock side. Yeah, I'd say the receiving dock side is perfect because that's where all your raw ingredients and your materials are coming in. And that's kind of where traceability starts. It's kind of left off from the previous company, whether that was, like I said, an abattoir, a spice vendor, whatever that other company was that's shipping you product. You're bringing it in. You now own it on that receiving dock there. From our process, when we start to sell these sort of solutions, one of the biggest things is we want everything coming in on the receiving dock to be labeled. If it has a standard GS128 barcode on it, from whatever that vendor or supplier is, then that's great. Typically with systems, you can just scan those barcodes right in into your inventory. Products that aren't labeled, you know, a lot of times I see maybe they come from a smaller manufacturer upstream. A lot of times I see a lot of spice vendors that don't have labels on products. Those need to be labeled coming in so that you have that unique identifier to put them away into your inventory so that you can later bring them out into manufacturing. From the Honeywell side of things, typically when we implement a solution, we'll talk about putting mobile computers down on the plant floor because we want to scan those products in. And sometimes products come in with a barcode. Sometimes they come in with an RFID tag. I mean, I've seen that as well too, where you've got RFID technology and you're scanning that unique identifier. Whatever that looks like, Honeywell has a, a wide variety of different products like the, the CK65. There's RFID technology like the SLED for that as well too, that Carlisle would then put our software on there to, to receive those products in. And then anything that's not labeled, then we have the ability to, you know, with a wireless printer, print those labels for all the products coming in. Yeah, to kind of build off of that one from that receiving and being able to scan, the great thing is, is that that gets sent back, especially if there's a rejection or an issue. That's not then falling on the responsibility of the person that is actually doing the checking in of the product. The receiving department can then be handling those issues of contacting and requesting credits and that sort of thing or replacement product to come in. Another thing is to think about from a manufacturing standpoint, some of the items that you talked about were more of your dry storage or your dry ingredients. When you start bringing in fresh, that takes another level. You have people that are receiving and they're actually having to do quality checks of products to make sure that it looks fresh, it's not rotten, those sorts of things that still can be shipped in. So checking that and having the availability to maybe take a picture and have that to capture, to be able to show in real time, here's why we are going to turn away this palette or case of product. 
that's just an added benefit of it to be able to do it in real time and not slow down the process. Yeah. So I think that's a great point, Kelly, where now on the receiving dock, you have the ability to scan cases directly against purchase orders so that you can have that level of visibility as to you know what was ordered versus what was actually received. You can bring in those weights and then you can check weight product to make sure that the company is actually sending you what you've ordered, filling that order properly. And then I think to your point as well, too, that you have the ability to kind of work in parallel so that down on the plant floor, you're scanning, filling a purchase order or rejecting it and then letting people up in the office kind of deal with what's going on actually with that vendor because they've got visibility real time into the receiving floor right there. Manufacturing, that's my favorite part of all of this. It's where all of the action kind of happens. We've gone through receiving. Now you've got all those raw materials and those ingredients in your inventory. What have you seen from a traceability side for the WIP process? How do you see things being brought out from inventory into production? How does Honeywell kind of augment that? One of the key things is for when you actually get into the processing is making sure that you're using, and I'll use that old food term, first in, first out, making sure that you are looking to use the ingredients that were brought in and that should be used first to eliminate waste versus the stuff that just received. And that's going to help with the tracking and when the put away. So after you get the receiving, you have the put away, making sure that the product is stored in the right way. This again gives that visibility from an inventory management system to see and catch where that might not be happening. Speaking to kind of the way our software works and probably most softwares is we've got the ability to restrict what's being picked, what's being selected, be issued out into it. Product isn't the first product that was in. If you're not selecting the right FIFO product, it'll give you a warning saying, hey, this isn't the oldest product. You might want to go back and pick from this location or something like that, where that oldest product is. Whereas if you didn't have that and you were just going off of pen and paper, then you're kind of relying on the person to actually pick the oldest product and hopefully they do, but they may not. I see that probably is a really big deal. I agree. And I think even having the individual serialized unique identifiers on all of the cases and products that you're bringing out of the cooler or the freezer or whatever you're bringing them out from and into the production environment, whether that's a cut floor or that's some sort of a mixing and grinding and something like that, you're, you're having that traceability back that step to the receiving dock to that original PO. Then it goes into your inventory and now it's going into your manufacturing process. And so you're kind of connecting all those dots by those unique identifiers saying, hey, this product that we received on this PO is now being added into this production batch for traceability. And then there's a lot of other cool gadgets and stuff like that that we've seen in the industry and they've really started to grow with ERP systems and manufacturing execution system, the ability to connect to things like RFID tags, temperature probes, things like that that rack various different metrics throughout the production cycle. I know we've done projects in the past where we're tracking product all the way through a manufacturing process. It's fully automated. So we would use something like a, an RFID tracking tag on those tubs or cases or trolleys or whatever they are as they transition from one stage to the next. So maybe it's product going from a raw ingredient into a smokehouse and you're doing as instead of scanning with a barcode, you're tracking it through RFID technology. And then you've got those temperature probes that have the ability to send temperature information from the product out into the database. And then you know you can marry that data up with whatever that unique tracking is, whether that's a barcode or an RFID tag. There's so many different technologies out there that help augment the process all the way through and help you with even things like HACCP data collection as well as traceability. Yeah, the temperature, just to even see in even the next five years of how that is going to even become more crucial as the change in delivery is now happening with the distribution of products after and just knowing. I know in the U.S. that there are some regulations coming out. People used to put products in cars 
to take them, like, you know, to run cases, missing cases. They're cracking down on that. You can't do it. Again, my prior employer, they had to sign it out. They had to have a thermometer with them in the car to take a product. I mean, it's a big deal. It'll be interesting to see the evolution of things with the RFID tags and temperature, anything of how that's going to be implemented into the manufacturing process. Yeah, exactly. I agree completely. And even things like scales and weighing systems, when you're collecting data on the plant floor, you have to have certain data collection points. And that can be kind of what we talked about. That could be some sort of an RFID scan or portal. That could be a a temperature probe sending data, or that could be something like a scale. As a product transition, maybe it gets a bunch of raw ingredients, you grind it up, and then you want to weigh that intermediate product to get the weight for that. And then that's one data collection point. So you're weighing it, you're labeling it, it might go into a cooler for a little bit. It might go onto a smokehouse and then come out and be weighed again so that you have all the yields of already. And then going from that whip and that manufacturing process, now you've got all of your finished goods labeled, you've got the unique identifiers, you've got the batches. So you've tracked basically your raw ingredients from the dock into inventory, into manufacturing. And then the output from that manufacturing batch is going to be your finished goods. And then from there, have all of your inventory moves. Again, first in, first out is huge. Having the ability to scan those products with something like a CK65 or something like that to make sure that you're bringing those oldest products out or even doing inventory movements. So you might move it from one location to another, from one warehouse to another and doing cycle counting to make sure that all of your product is actually where it's supposed to. I know with a lot of data collection systems, when they weigh and label stuff, they put it away automatically in the system, but that doesn't mean that somebody physically carried it to the correct place. And so having something there to be able to scan and do those cycle counts to make sure that all of your product is in the right place, it's in the right location, you've got your oldest product ready to come out first is a huge asset to the food manufacturers. I'm going to kind of go back to something I said when I started of what attracted me to come to Honeywell is our solutions that help with empowering the employee. From receiving to inventory, just whatever helps make that worker more successful and their job easier because they're moving really fast. A lot of times what they are compensated for is correlated directly to their performance. Having the mobile computer, having a mobile printer, using something like our voice assisted technology that helps people really kind of get their job done quickly, collects the proper data is a big deal. What is it that's going to appeal people to want to come and work there is going to be people are going to migrate to places that have the technology to have to help them get the job done right the first time. One of my favorite things about some of the Honeywell solutions is you guys really do take the ergonomics of those things into perspective. And so I think when you have a lot of people that are working down on the floor, food manufacturing plant is a tough environment to work. Even in the inventory areas, they're cold areas. They might even be blast freezers. Employees don't want to be in there for a long time and they don't want to be looking up and down and up and down for a long time as well. All the innovation that's kind of come through, whether it is voice picking or other things like that, to kind of prevent those operators from pains at the end of the day or even long-term effects from poor ergonomics is a huge asset to not only the company to attract employees, but also to the individual plant operators as well too. We've seen Honeywell come up with a lot of different, you know, kind of like we talked about ergonomic solutions and things like that. And one of the ones that's really kind of catching a lot of steam is voice picking. So there's a lot of momentum behind that. Do you want to just talk, Kelly, maybe a little bit about what is a voice picking solution and what are kind of the benefits of it and how does it really work in food manufacturing specifically? Sure. Well, voice goes beyond just picking. I'll tell you what, there's application all the way from receiving to packing and shipping in the end. 
it's assistive technology. So what you're using, it's a speech. Your worker is wearing a headset. They're getting receiving commands through and communicating through the system directly. So instead of having to be looking down at a computer, looking down at a piece of paper, they will actually have, call it a quote-unquote conversation. They'll be directed to do a specific task. They acknowledge whatever they're being told to do, and then they confirm when it's complete in the end. One of the benefits of it is it's a natural process. We all talk. Our technology is up to 60 different languages right now. It picks up on your dialect, your speech, everything like that. It just helps really with productivity, efficiency, and safety. Another great thing, and I think this is a really big deal in manufacturing, is maintenance and inspection. Think about if you have a checklist of something that you had to do, whether it's checking the lines and making sure that it works and pre-shift or you're doing your walkthrough, you're able to use the technology to to go through that checklist so you're not missing anything. It helps with regulations and compliance. And it's a task confirmation process. That's one of the great benefits of it is that it's just it's a very thorough process. And I think voice is going to be more and more common in the industry moving forward here. I think that the technology, I don't know if it's new to the industry, but it seems like it's really now the time that it's starting to really pick up and it's just going to be more and more common moving forward. Voice is not new. Actually, part of Honeywell, we acquired the company that started it all, Vocalect. There is a lot of focus on just building off of that innovation to continue not only for allowing someone to do the job on the line, but then how do you even take that further as new technologies and semi-automation is coming into manufacturing and things like that? How do you have that person connect with that technology or automation directly through voice. There's a lot of interesting things that are coming out of it. Another really positive attribute of it is that the training is so minimal. People that have employed voice technology had gone and cut down the onboarding training time from weeks to a couple of days, just because it's intuitive. Again, like I said, it's a natural speech that you're doing. And that's huge for the turnover in the food industry is very, very high. And so I think that there's so much cost with training employees. Anytime that you can reduce that is a huge asset. Right. And then think about it. When you're able to take it, you might start in one location, but as you expand it into different departments, you're able to cross train easily and get people on board and moving into different areas of the department. Again, because it is just more of a direction. So we sometimes call it voice directed or voice guided work. That's great. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens in the next several years with it. Uh, so obviously you can learn more about Honeywell from Carlisle Technology, but Kelly, where can our listeners learn more about Honeywell and what they do in their solutions? I'll give you the easiest way to learn more is head to our website, which is sps.honeywell.com. Not only can you learn more about our specific product solutions, but you can learn how they work together and all the components together come up with it to help you just really achieve those business outcomes. That's perfect. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast with us. Uh, so Carlisle Technology, really appreciate having you as Honeywell as a partner and it's a strategic partnership that's going to last for many years to come. So just wanted to thank you for your time. Well, thank you guys. This has been great. And likewise, we really value the partnership. Yeah. Thanks, Kelly.